Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. Tell me how many lights you see. Yeah! Ah! Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I am Miles B. McLaughlin. I'm Pussy Raffensperger. And I'm Dave Sellers. And uh, tonight we have a fantastic show for you talking about what's going on in our sci-fi world, talking a little bit about the latest Disney trailer to drop, or at least one of the more recent ones we are excited about. And we're going to be interviewing a 17-year-old author who just published her first book. And you will not want to miss it, so you stay tuned for that as we kind of take this journey together. And, uh, welcome back to the diner, everyone. It is fantastic to be here. It's good to see you guys. It's nice to have Jen back finally. Again. Well, she would have joined us in the last one, but she didn't watch Guardians of the Galaxy because she didn't do her homework. I was also, like, super tired because I did, like, three or four events all in, like, three days. So I I just kind of needed a nap and to to snuggle with my cats. Yeah, that's all right. That is all right. All right. Mental health is important, people. Self-care. Self-care. There you go. That's what Dave's doing right now. Self-care over there, bud. Yep. <laughs> What's on tap tonight, Dave? Coors Light. Coors Light. Cheap. Gets the job done. Yep. Yep. I mean, for some people. <laughs> All right. This must have problems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. For everything else, it's therapy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, guess alcohol we're... is not a replacement for therapy. <laughs> no, I said for everything else, there's therapy. So he was saying he's okay. drinking. So I, I did, I did say that. You can go back and listen to the recording. If you ever listen to the episode, <laughs> you would see that I actually did not diss therapy. I was supporting therapy. So, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, Miles. What are we doing here? So this evening, uh, we are going to talk about what's going on in our sci-fi world. And uh, uh, our reactions to the latest uh, Ahsoka trailer. Yes. We're going to be talking to this uh, young lady, this published author now, uh, uh, Miss Caitlin Roth, uh, on her on her new novel, Reset. And um, yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be our show. Sounds fantastic. Well, let's leap into it. Let's start with the appetizer. We're talking about what's going on in our sci-fi world. Who wants to start us off? I, I guess I will. Um, so this is not just last two weeks, it's more like the last four weeks, but, um, Wasp Girl and Ant-Man Quantumania dropped on Disney plus about a month ago. So I, I finally watched that, um, uh, watched uh, Legion of Superheroes is an animated movie on, uh, on Max. It used to be HBO Max, but now it's just Max. Uh, I'm enjoying Superman and Lois on the CW. That should be wrapping up soon. 
uh, started watching the manifest. It's what um, their final season dropped on Netflix um, this week. And I'm looking forward to Star Trek strange new worlds, which is going to come out next week. And in, in non-sci-fi um, entertainment, I've, I, I watched Yellowstone, uh, the Kevin Costner um, show about uh, uh, cowboys and Indians, and um, you know, uh, you know, just a, a modern day retelling of that conflict in some ways. I've also watched the prequels, uh, 1923 with Harrison Ford, and um, the, the 1883 one. So, non-sci-fi, but uh, excellent. Uh, Excellent storytelling. Um, I haven't watched season five yet, Yellowstone. I only had the first four seasons on on Peacock, and I'm debating whether I want to rent a or just subscribe to a streaming service just for a month, just catch up on season five. I'm currently reading the Star Trek Discovery novel uh, by Dayton Ward called uh, Somewhere to Belong, and I just purchased a a new sci-fi novel, a time past, a time travel romance novel by. Uh, L.C. Douglas. Oh, it's good to see you getting to some romance. I mean, come on. Uh, I, I need it, man. <laughs> so I'll, get, I'll get through the books. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Very good. Uh, so did you finish Star Trek Discovery Somewhere to Belong? Uh, no, I'm, I just started the book. I'm probably about maybe a third of the way into it. Okay. Very good. Very. And you're enjoying it? I am enjoying it. Uh, Dayton is a great author, and so whatever Star Trek genre he he writes in, it's going to be good. I mean, Discovery is not my favorite one, but it's still Dayton Ward writing it, so I'll, I'll, I'm there. Now, I know this is not the Quantum Mania show, but I, I was wondering, uh, you kind of blew through that you watched it. Um, what were your thoughts on Quantum Mania? Um, you, you heard a lot, like it, it, it did not it did not do well with the theaters. Um, I too watched it. And uh, I'll say my thoughts here in just a little bit. Dave, I know you watched it. Chrissy, did you watch Quantumania? I didn't. I didn't do your homework again. Got it. Um, that's going to be uh, <laughs> this, gonna be five so demerits. Much- five demerits for you. Yeah. I have a lot of homework to catch up on, and the, the end of the school year already happened. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, this is this is bad, right? So Classes are over, and you still have homework. It's bad. I see but, lots of detention in your future. Yeah, yeah. You yes. know what? I, yeah. I was known in school. Is that yes. This is not the procrastination you're looking <laughs> for. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, back to you, Miles. Quantum Mania. Tell me about it. Like, what did you think? It didn't set the world on fire for me. Uh, the first hour, I thought, really dragged a lot. Um, Kang is interest. Kang the Conqueror is an interesting villain. They'll be curious to see where they go with that. And I like the first two Ant Man movies. I thought they were really good, and I enjoyed Ant Man in, in the um, in, in the Avengers movies. But this movie just—I uh, don't know—it was just just lacking. Um, I, I think I said that when we did our uh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy review. I just think Marvel's movies have just been lacking lately. Hmm. All right. Well, Chrissy, since you are in the app of not doing homework right now, I was wondering if you did anything at all sci-fi in the past couple of weeks. I, I have. I've been playing World of Warcraft Dragonflight. Good. Um, 
Dave, Dave so, approves. Dave's approves. Have you been playing with Dave? Yeah. That's what I want to know. No, I keep messaging him and somebody does not respond to me. That's probably because you're playing at like 11 o'clock at night and he's asleep. <laughs> probably. Because I'm playing on the weekends at like 4, 4.30 in the morning. Right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sleeping you're not because... N- you're no. a normal human being? <laughs> well, actually, what I have found is that I, as an insomniac, I really have to be very strict with my sleep schedule. Otherwise, it throws off my sleep schedule, and I am not sleeping for three weeks in a row. So, unfortunately, I can no longer do what I used to do, which was stay up all night long on a Friday or Saturday till three or four in the morning playing World of Warcraft. Sorry, I uh, discovered that that is not what a actually boomer. good for What a me. boomer. Welcome to getting older. I know. Welcome to the <laughs> club. <laughs> no, that was, that was apparently always a thing. I just didn't know that that was contributing to my insomnia. Got it. So, are you, you were, were or, or you were in denial that it was contributing to your insomnia. You know what? I probably was more that. <laughs> college student, I decided that I can just not. I just, who I'm sleep? invincible. <laughs> Plenty yeah. time to sleep when I'm dead. Yeah. No, that is the mount that will not drop, Scott. It has not dropped yet, and I'm mad about it. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, just making my way through that. I'm starting to get back into Mythic Plus now. Um, I had gotten out of doing Mythic Plus because I had had a concussion, so my visual perception was not the best so trying to heal and not stand in fire was not working out for me the greatest but um what's mythic so what's mythics plus okay so you have dungeons that you run this is five-man content um and basically if it's really it kind of grew out of challenge mode so challenge modes was this much harder version of dungeons so you had your normal dungeons and so this is still part of the world of warcraft uh world so this is this is still part of the world of warcraft um and then after so they did challenge modes in pandaria they also did that in warlords of draenor and then they started introducing mythics um in i want to say was it legion someone's gonna yell at me in the comment section that i yep missed it um and so you call yourself a wow player i know um so just as you're going through the dungeons um you can go up in levels and the higher the level the more difficult the dungeon and then it start adding in different affixes so you might have fortified mobs you may have um you know random spirits that appear and you have to like heal them or cleanse them in order to make them disappear otherwise they shout out a scream and it slows down your haste um so your spell casting is really slow and so like the further you go the more it fixes and the harder it is um so it's kind of one of those things where like it's a constantly evolving challenge that you can keep moving up and you get like different rewards um in challenge mode, you got special armor or weapons that you couldn't get any other way. Um, and now it's just higher levels of um, armor that you can get out of it. So I, I really enjoyed challenge modes. Those were like the like the most fun I'd ever had in WoW was doing that. And that's actually how I learned Paladin and fell in love with playing Paladin was because I 
saw the paladin armor for challenge mode in Pandaria, and I was like, I have to have that. That is amazing. I must, I must have that armor. Um, so I boosted my blood elf, and I went into a challenge mode and did not know what I was doing, and it was perfectly okay. So I learned how to do paladin and became a really good paladin healer because of challenge modes. And I just have been playing meaning paladin ever since. I left priest. Um, especially when they screwed up my disc priest rotation, did not like with the changes. So now me and Holy Paladin are besties. Um, so that's what I, so that's what I've been doing in addition to, of course, reading my books. Um, so I won't go down the complete list, but I have finished the published um Gentleman Bastards, which is reading the Schwab's villains, um, finishing John oh I'm gonna mispronounce no, John Gwims, Gwims what's his last name? Gwyn, John Gwim's um, series, so, and was making my way through Shogun again, just because I just really enjoyed um, listening to that audiobook and then reading it, so. Fantastic. Yeah, that's that's my nerdy nerdiness for now. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, are, Dave, when you play WoW, are you playing it with the same sort of, have you been playing the same sorts of modes? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> no. I, I, I don't get along well with other people, especially playing with ones I don't know. So I go in and grind and play the stories through and just burn time and have fun. Okay. Is essentially it right See, now. Yep. See, he, he probably does this pesky thing called looking for raid and he ends up with a bunch of pug noobs that don't know what they're doing and they no. keep standing. No, and they I, keep I'm the pug noob who doesn't know what he's doing. Okay, so you're the person who keeps dropping the, like, poisons on top of each other and, you know, standing in it, apparently thinking that it, you know, they're buffs for the rest, they're buffs for the rest of the raid. I can totally drop the things of fire on the raid. It's perfectly fine. The healers have it. It's not like I'm oom because of you. Thank you. That crap always confuses me, so that's why I never do any of those (laughs) paladins, healers, wizards, whatever the hell they are. I just stick with my normal axe or sword and just go wail the crap out of the bad guys. Okay, so I play are you like, the whole time. <laughs> oh, are you a warrior tank? Yes, I think. Oh, warrior warrior my, tanks are like my favorite thing to heal. I love warrior tanks. See, it is obvious, Dave, that you have not played with Chrissy because you would enjoy going on raids with her. No, no, we would not do that. We would totally be grinding out Mythic Plus. Okay, so what I'm hearing is I need to say screw sleep and this yeah, that, Saturday. I, that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I, I just I, need to stay up a little past 8.30 at night. What, what is your, what is, yeah, you do. What, what is your, what is your level right now? Uh, I'm in the 60s. Okay, I'm leveling my mage through... Um, I haven't hit, so I'm in Azur span right now. So, like, where are you? Are you in the plains? Are you in Lake Shores? Are you? I have no idea what the hell. Are you in? Are you in a snowy place? Are you in the plain place? Are you? No, I am in. Are you looking at walrus people? No, no, I'm in. uh, I'm off on some island that I'm dealing with, like this naval society that the sister. Turned her back on at the beginning, and I, I have no freaking clue. Wait, are you 
I have no idea where I am. I'm just going through and picking quests that are coming up and just following are you through. Talking about, are you talking about Gina? Huh? I have no idea. Some blonde chick turned herself into her mother or whatever when her, after her dad died. You're not even in the right expansion, sir. Probably not yet. No. <laughs> I started from scratch and went up so, through. No. So. so you're not even in the 60s. You're probably in the 50s. You're, Maybe. No. You're no. in battle for Azeroth content. You're, yeah, you're, you're talking that sounds about, about right. Okay. All no, right. no. I'm, I'm, I left that place. I'm in... I'm in Dragonforge. I'm in the dragon with all the dragons and shit. I just got into there. That's where I'm at. Okay, Sorry, good. I'm glad. That, I'm glad that we've. Uh, this has essentially become the WoW show. Got it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Welcome to the instance. <laughs> we shall. It's fine. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Dave. Other than WoW, what else has been going on in your world? Well, we've been watching, we've been going through all of the Marvel movies in timeline order with my daughter. She's really enjoying them. Um, I think our next one up is Thor Ragnarok, I think. Oh, good one. We're waiting until she got back from, she's at the shore right now with my in-laws for the week there. So when she gets back, we'll end up watching that one next. Uh, I did watch Howard the Duck. Did you? <laughs> yes. So we didn't have to. That's right. Well, you, you should have. You should have. Scott and I did this. So we were trying to get Miles to do it, and this is the, exactly the reaction we get. From yeah, this. yeah. Just misery and torture. Some good quotes. It, some good quotes. Yes. Mm. I mean, it was it was funny, but it was just stupid fun. Yes, absolutely. They watched it so we didn't have to, Miles. They took one for yes. the team. We uh, apparently. Crazy. I am. I really <laughs> Well, you know. Yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, like Miles, I we did start watching the final season of Manifest. <sighs> Again, I, I, I see kind of where you're going. I think, but let, let's you know pick it up a little bit here. I watched like the first. Th- I think it was like the first two or three seasons, and like partway through, I was just like, "Okay, can we can we move this yes. along?" Like chop chop. I haven't got all day. There is anime to watch. There's Marvel things to watch. I apparently there's have WoW to be played. There's yeah. WoW. To- those world quests will not get themselves done. Thank you very much. I have rep to get for those dragon mount. It's, it, it's like the grind through Westfall in the beginning of the in the beginning of your career in in WoW, just grinding away, kill pigs. Kill How many kobolds can you kill? Yes, exactly. But I just you know, we're getting the barons, but. Fine. We're getting there. Um, yeah. I also watched this past weekend uh, the movie Nefarious came Ooh, out. On and how was I, how was I Nefarious? saw it in theater? Oh, I watched it again. Greatest movie I've watched in a very very long time. What is what's the what's, 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 streaming? So it's it's stream. You can get it on Google or iTunes. Um, I got it through Vudu, so I can watch it on my TV. Um, it's only a rental right now. They don't have it out to purchase yet, but once it does, I'm going to end up buying the DVD just so I actually physically have it. Um, so you liked it that much? Oh, yeah. You guys know anything about this movie? No. Tell me okay. all about it. It's a it's an independent flick, and Sean Patrick Flannery plays the role, plays the lead role in it. Um, and he is... He should get a freaking Emmy because he did so... He's so good in it. 
Um, the basic premise is there is this guy on, he's a serial killer, played by Sean Patrick Flannery, and he's in prison awaiting execution. He's on death row. Um, the show starts out with a psychologist who has to go in and prove and diagnose that he is sane, or else he can't be executed. And this therapist, right, kind of yeah, and this, this therapist throws himself off a roof and dies. So the next one comes in, and the entire movie—I mean, ninety percent of the movie—is based in a prison common room. With a dialogue between these two, and the the gentleman, the serial killer, is claiming that he is a demon, that he's possessed by a demon, and through the entire movie is this dialogue of him trying to convince his therapist that no, I I am, you are speaking to me, I'm nefarious is the closest name there, nefarious is the name of this demon. And the way these two interact and the back and forth between them is amazing. And I won't give away any more of it because you gotta you, you gotta watch it. But it's one of those movies where if you do not walk out of this thing feeling something or thinking about this, then there's something wrong with you. <laughs> mm. Okay. I'll I'll go. All right. Yeah. It, it is it is Amazing, and I would encourage anybody to go watch it. it it's, it's outstanding. Um, so yeah, watch that again. And then I've been working on with Scott and uh, working on getting this show recorded and put onto YouTube now for episodes. So, folks, if you want to not only listen to our witty banter at times, but actually see the goofy faces that Jen makes at all of us and actually watch us having fun and being part of this show, please find us on YouTube at Sci-Fi Diner Podcast and like, subscribe, get notified, all that good stuff and get our numbers up. The awful LED lighted. Yeah, there you go. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. It's all good. So Yeah. Yeah, check us out there. We have more content coming to there every time. Yeah, we're working on it. All right. Well, uh, Everyone else went uh, in my sci-fi world. As Dave mentioned, I watched Howard the Duck. Um, not the worst movie I've ever watched, and um, uh, no, it is. It's uh, it's it's. So let me put it: it's, it's better than the movie that Dave wanted us to watch about freaking crystals and classic. new age stuff. Um, it was better than that movie. It was really hard to watch Leah Thompson in this, knowing her role in Back to the Future and how awesome she was. And she was, well, an unbelievable character. <laughs> like, being that you couldn't really believe her. It was it was not unbelievable, like, amazing, you know, just. Um, it was, uh, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen, man. You know, <laughs> that was the uh, stellar quote from the movie. And, uh I take that to heart. Take that to heart. So, um, uh, definitely not one of, uh, who was it? Tim Robbins wasn't one of Tim Robbins' best movies. And, uh, they had oh, he was magnificent. I don't <laughs> know what you're talking about. Yeah. But, anyways, so I did watch that. I watched Quantum Mania as well. And I went in with very low expectations. And because of every 
because of the hype or lack thereof in the theater. And I was pleasantly surprised. Um, uh, I, I will that agree with, with low expectations. Yeah, I know. So I, I agree with I'm Miles that the early part does drag a little bit, but I didn't feel like they were just padding it either. I felt like it was probably just maybe more of a pacing thing than it was the content they were giving us. Cause I felt like it all developed into the story later on and, 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 and Kang and everything else. It was just great. I mean, the, the whole thing was fantastic. So I, I, I definitely worth watching. Um, whoa, they're on my microphone. I'm not even certain that it was the um, worst Marvel movie I've seen. I think Eternals probably still ranks pretty low for me. Um, and that had moments too, but it wasn't definitely was the weaker of them. And uh, I guess Howard the Duck ranks even lower still, if you consider that a Marvel movie. But um, <laughs> the uh, so so. What was that? And there's your ringing endorsement. Yeah. So I don't think Quantumania was the worst Marvel movie I've seen recently. I just uh, think it just—I don't know—just it, it just felt lacking. If I if I had to say the most recent Marvel movie that I didn't—I really didn't care for was Last Thor movie, Love and Thunder. Uh, that, oh man, that see, I I love that movie. I mean. <laughs> There's a reason why you're I'm reading. Right. There's a reason why you're reading romance time travel novels because it you just don't like love. That's my problem. <laughs> that is that's your problem. Chris, you probably have a field there with me. Yeah, no, <laughs> but Love and Thunder. I, I like so. It was Thor. Love and Thunder was better than Dark World, in my opinion. <laughs> Dave says maybe. So I'm hearing from these two below, and they're just they're just they're just not believing you. They are uh, well. Dave's kind of on board. He's thinking about. I, it. I am. I'm kind of on board. The only reason you would say the only the only, the, the only reason you would put Dark World above this one is because it plays into the myth arc into the whole Thanos storyline, which you don't get yes. in Love and Thunder. But um, I. The, the young girl is fantastic, and it was just great. I, I I would love to see it. And Natalie Portman kicked ass in that movie. She did. I mean, <laughs> yeah. name, yeah. name a movie that she doesn't rock it. Uh, Thor. Uh, what was the second one again? I can't remember the name. Dark, Dark World. <laughs> like, there's one she did not. And in Thor 1, she did not. But this movie, she did. She was in the second one. Yes. Yeah, See that it was that forgettable. That's why this movie was much better. Um, anyways, that is true. so <laughs> I've also been. Um, I'm watching Picard slowly, season three with my son. We just finished episode three, so that's the one that I had so many many problems with Riker kicking Picard off the bridge, and that I was complaining about. So that's the one that I'm at right now. Um. So I've been reading the novelizations, uh, the Jim Butcher novels, The Dresden Files. I'm up to book four and really enjoying them. I do like those. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying – I was surprised. I thought first-person narrator, you know, kind of this noir fantasy, a little bit quasi-X-Files, but fantasy. But I've I've enjoyed the character. I think the character of Harry Dresden is – it's fascinating and funny. It's a little parody, though, too. It right? is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's one I, of the things that I like. 
that's the thing that makes it work. Like, if it wasn't slightly, like, parroting the whole noir genre, I don't think that I would enjoy them nearly right. as much. But because, like, it's these little, like, zingers that are just, like, in there. You're like... And the, and the book's littered, littered with them. So I'm up to book four. And because of it, I made the mistake. I said, well, let me watch the Dresden Files TV series. So, so... um it was clearly oh, on the heels of a, pe- a people who wanted to capitalize on the strength of the X-Files, because it reads like an X-Files show. Um, it's okay. It's also dated now, because I'm watching it 20 years after it came out. But <laughs> yes, you have words, Jen? Listen. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, you should just know, as a book reader, not to watch Whatever they produce when it's based on a book. Well, so I kind of I kind of wanted to only because I'm like there was a TV show on it. And I remember being mildly interested, but never really pursuing the show when it came out. So I said, Oh, I'll try it. Um, I watched three episodes. I gave it a three episode shot. I don't know if I'm gonna continue it, but I I am loving the book series. So I am uh I'm really enjoying the books and the stories they're telling and um yeah, so that's probably what's been going on in my um, sci-fi world. The other one that I am – you talked non-sci-fi, Miles. I am watching uh, – I began watching and then stopped because I wanted to watch it with my wife and Kiefer. Um, the movie Air, uh, that's on Amazon. And it's an, it's an Amazon original movie, and it's about the story of how Air Jordan got made. And it with it's with Affleck, uh, Matt Damon, and it is a trip down '80s memory lane. Literally, there's all sorts of geek cultural references in it. Even if you watch only the first 15 minutes, you're gonna be it. It, it will have you a very happy person. Is 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 it's really good. So I didn't finish the movie. I don't. But I, but I did. I started it. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to watch it anymore because I know Chris will want to watch it with me. So, yep. So that's air. But. Cool. Yeah. Cool. There. That's our sci-fi world. Yes. I have a question for Chrissy. Did you watch the answer? Picard season three yet? Um. No. That is that is on my <laughs> docket. There's yeah. just been a lot of a lot of stuff going on personally in my life. We need um, a we need to buy yeah. we need to buy Chrissy a dunce hat so that when she doesn't do her homework she can sit on screen in the corner. <laughs> I think I can add one in post. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Then you can learn this out. <laughs> don't worry. I've ever, I've ever, I don't know if people have seen it. I, I have this I can put reactions into the chats and I've been dropping them every so often in the corner of my screen. I don't need you no know, emo dudes. I can just do it myself. <laughs> you do it in the flesh. All right. So, uh, Miles, uh, we had a trailer <laughs> drop recently. Because I am old at heart. <laughs> wow. Miles, we had a trailer drop recently. And this is tell us a little bit about this trailer and then um, let's go ahead and watch it. So, this is for the upcoming uh, Star Wars uh, Ashoka trailer which will be on disney plus in august i believe i believe that's Maybe. right so um a little, little more footage maybe a little more uh uh thrawn in there um 
But uh, it's got me stoked to see it. It's been a while. Things have changed. I started hearing whispers about Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire. We have to prepare for the worst. The Jedi fell a long time ago. There aren't many left. Perhaps it is time to begin again. Ahsoka, original series streaming August 23rd. Something's coming. Something dark. I sense it. This is a new beginning. For some, war. For others, power. It's been a while. Things have changed. I started hearing whispers about Thrawn's return. heir to the Empire. We have to prepare for the worst. The Jedi fell a long time ago. There aren't many left. Let's talk a little bit about this trailer. What are some things that stuck out to you that, that excite you about Ahsoka? Anakin's voice at the end. Yep, Anakin's, Anakin's <laughs> voice at the end. If, if you watched Rebels, you will probably really like the show. Um, yeah. that, was, that was definitely something that my brother wrote me into watching because I was like, I'm not watching some flipping Star Wars cartoon, Josh. I'm not doing it. He's like, no, no, you have to watch Yeah, this you have to watch like, this one. Fine, Josh. I will watch this just for you. And it actually turned out to be pretty okay. And now, and, and, um, and now you're glad you did. <laughs> I mean, okay, me. Yes. Like a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, you yeah. will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ezra, you're seeing coming back. No, now the, the, the line Ezra is in France. Is that what it says? Ezra is Thrawn has Ezra on the far side of the galaxy. Yeah, but there's a line in there that says that that Ahsoka says Ezra is in Thrawn's hands. Oh, is, oh, is that what it says? Thrawn hands. Yeah. The Thrawn subtitle says he's in France. That's why I was yeah, asking. They screw their subtitles up. So like, <laughs> I mean, AI. listen, there there are sometimes there's some crossover between our world and Star Wars world. It's fine. Like he yeah. was just visiting the Eiffel Tower. Right, he's, right, you know, right. Mickey Mouse over right. in Disneyland. It's fine. 
Got it. No. So I thought that was good. I love the, um, I like the Sith crystal you see there kind of floating. I love the opening logo in red. You know, I was telling that this is going to be Sith centric, at least to some degree. Um, so really appreciated that. And I too, I love Chopper. I love you seeing all the, all the things from Rebels kind of, um, make their way into there. Um, I love the fact we're visiting the, the books that get burned in the last Jedi, you see them sitting there, right? All those are the library books that get the destroyed. Jedi Jedi text. Text. Yeah. The sacred Jedi yes. text. So I thought that was interesting and interesting in a way, legitimizing whether we like it or not. The uh, last Jedi, I have a feeling. We don't talk about that. Well, so I have a feeling and maybe I could be wrong and, and I'm willing to eat my humble pie if I am wrong, but, I am kind of interested to see if, depending on how they do it, they may end up making that movie seem more legitimate than it's, than it had here. Like, I think back when you, when you look, go back to the prequels, everyone dogged them when they came out, but, but subsequent stuff that has come out since, and especially like when you had like, uh, Andor and, um, and, um, Rogue One, there, there was a legitimacy that some of these movies gave to some of those movies after the fact that you look back and say, okay, these are not perfect movies, but I don't hate them maybe quite as bad. And so I'm curious, I'm not saying they're going to do it, but it seems like some of the stuff that they're, they're writing in is trying to give that movie a little bit more of a solid foundation. Still not saying it's going to be the best movie ever, but... No, they're trying. They, they they're trying to keep a, a a consistent line of canon, almost like wrapping up loose ends, working things into it. Like I, I they're trying to do for the. Yeah, I think I think you're you're right. They're trying to do for the sequels what Clone Wars did for the prequels. Yes, you know, and, and actually give it some substance, which. I've got no problem with that. If you can make it better, and and you know that that gross product at the end is positive, I'm all for it. But there's still a lot to overcome. Yeah, not not saying there's not. I'm just there yeah. was stuff that's in it, and you saw those those stones that are arched up at an angle that we saw in um, the Mandalorian. So it's clearly a crossover. Yes. We're meant to be. We're meant to be thinking of this as a of a world that ties into everything else we've already seen. Yeah. So. Yeah, a lot of threads need to come yeah. together. But definitely having Anakin's voice in there gives us the idea that we are going to be seeing Anakin Skywalker somewhere in here. Yeah. Well, him, yeah. him and Thrawn were buddies, right? They were. So they were in the novels, in the books. Yeah. They knew each other. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm stoked. I cannot wait till August. Yeah. Especially after seeing that trailer first time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. Who who is? We don't know anything about the villain, the white haired, bearded guy. The, Not that I know of. No. The ones wielding the orange lightsabers. Yeah, so they aren't yeah. really Sith, right? Or are they Inquisitors? I don't know, but they aren't. It's like they don't have the Sith red, right? 
Right. They, they, they do look a lot more orange. I was wondering if that was just the colors on my monitor. No, no, no. It's definitely, they're on. definitely orange lightsabers. So are the like <laughs> Sith, but not See, quite Sith? Had red, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. Maybe they are, maybe they're not connected to anything we've seen before. That would be interesting. But, it would be. Yeah. What point is in? Yep. Orange and yellow lightsaber. Yeah. Oh, Anyways, out. um. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't feel like the stuff gave it more legitimacy. Like I tried, but I'm also kind of still of the opinion that if that is your core thing, like a movie, I shouldn't have to go outside and have like a bunch of homework to do. I'm not, yeah, you, to you and homework, it. anyways. But you know, I. I <laughs> I, I, I felt the same way about my World of Warcraft story. When Sylvanas burned the tree, I should not have to go read a novel in order to yeah. appreciate what happened. You should have been able to show that to me in the source material. I'm not, yeah, I'm not arguing in any ways that the movie shouldn't have stood up. I think the movie, there was some poor writing and, and structuring of that movie that made it difficult. However, uh, and I'm also basing it on literally less than 10 seconds of footage in a trailer. Like, so I, I, I am totally willing to be totally wrong about this, but I'm, I, I wonder if they're not, and maybe they will be, uh, maybe we will be surprised. Maybe. And I'm willing to be open. I hope you're right. Yes, me too. But I, I hope that they try to do something to explain whatever the hell that was with Luke Skywalker. I, that, that probably is the thing that pissed me off the most about those movies, but I'm yeah. sure I've already said my piece about that like a hundred times. Mark so Hamill wasn't too quiet. happy with it either. So, yeah. And he should flip and know. I mean, think about it. You have the guy who went and saved Darth Vader, who saw that there was still good in him, and his nephew like dabbles in it as you know teenagers do stupid crap, you know, and he's like, "I'm going to chop his head off." Like, what? Yeah, well, how do we go from here from? to here, right? It makes right. zero sense and had zero respect for the original trilogy. Maybe, maybe, so maybe Luke Skywalker's maybe Luke bipolar. No, he would have had manifestations of bipolar sooner than that. That's that not true. what it, like, that's not usually what we see the course of bipolar. In, I'll be quiet. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And suddenly we're on a rabbit trail. Um, <laughs> you know, that's don't, fun. don't ADHD there. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was fun. Um, so it's, I mean, it is. but all right, well, we are going to, we are about ready to hop into our interview with Caitlin. So, uh, we're going to take a short break here. Welcome back to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Tonight, we have a very special guest with us, Caitlin Roth, who has just published one of her first novels uh, that she actually released to the world to read, Reset. And we're going to be talking with her. And what's amazing about this young lady is that she just graduated high school. So she did this uh, a part of high school and growing beyond it. And, uh, and so we're just so excited that as a young author taking steps at such a young age, it's just neat to see 
uh, this budding author kind of breaking into the science fiction and quasi-urban fantasy realm, maybe a little bit. And um, so, Caitlin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. We're going to obviously going to get into the book in just a little bit. But Miles, I know that you have a question that you're just to get a little bit of context and background from Caitlin. Sure. So we definitely want to talk about Reset and how readers can get a copy. But I'm interested in, in finding out more about you and your sci-fi journey. Uh, what was some of the earlier, your earliest forays into sci-fi? And uh, what are you enjoying now? Well, my earliest recollection of science fiction books was honestly in middle school when I first read Ray Bradbury. And we had to read Fahrenheit 451 for school. And I didn't like it very much because it was for school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Of, fair enough. Yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't like how they forced us to read books for school, but I read it again and I realized that I actually did like it. I just didn't like the school aspect of it. <laughs> and so, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I read more Bradbury um, books after that, like the Illustrated Man, um, the Martian Chronicles, all of those good classic Bradbury books. And I also read some Orwell books in middle school, like 1984, which is one wow, of my favorites. Wow, that is, that is yes. a heady book to be reading in middle school. It's not <laughs> an easy... It's not, it's a, yeah, you were a glutton for punishment, Caitlin. <laughs> Because that's not an easy. I read it as an adult, and it's not easy to get through. So it's it's yeah. relevant. It's totally relevant to society. But <laughs> but anyways, go on, Kim. <laughs> no, I I loved it. I loved 1984. Um, my brother actually told me to read it, and so I did. <laughs> oh, I get so it. Those... So your brother your brother says you can read it. You'll do it. But if a teacher asks you, <laughs> no way, man. I am out. <laughs> You know, yeah. some of us just don't like being assigned homework. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, but at least she doesn't. You never do your homework, Chrissy. <laughs> I did my homework in school and in college and in grad school. All right. We, we were go. talking about rabbit trails, right? Right, right. We, we are. <laughs> rabbit trail. <laughs> never. Go ahead, Caitlin. Um, yeah. So those were my kind of introductions to science fiction. And then I'm currently reading Illuminae, which is the science fiction book by Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff, I believe. Um, and that's that's a great book that I'm currently reading. Good. And are you watching, like, so you got into science fiction kind of in middle school. Did that translate into any of your viewing habits? Like if you watch TV or you watched um, movies? I, I'll probably get into this later as we talk more about my book, but I have enjoyed watching movies and TV shows about time, which is a big aspect of my book that I wrote. And I'm currently watching for the third time Timeless. Oh, so, fantastic um, series. Yes. I'm delighted. So yeah. Miles is a huge time travel buff, so don't get him started. Oh, no. <laughs> no you just 
opened up the can of worms, Caitlin. I enjoy it a lot, but I will I will stay silent. You will stay silent. <laughs> uh, oh, Caitlin. Unlike the rest of us, Miles sticks right to the script. He's very like <laughs> Without miles, we're lost. It's, it's it is true. It is true. <laughs> very, um, very true. Yeah. So you know, obviously, publishing your first book in high school—it's an ambitious thing to be doing. I think at any time, like I remember when I did uh, Nano Rhythmo few few years back. You know, just doing it over the course of three months felt like a weighty. A weighty and monumental project. So I know how much work goes into writing a novel. Um, what kind of set you on the course to, to to writing the novel, to actually bringing this concept, you know, I guess, into fruition? To start, I knew it was ambitious to do, but I've always liked writing, and I've written things very quickly. I find I've written novels very quickly and so I can, I can write quickly. I can get my thoughts down very quickly. I think the hardest and longest part is probably the editing. I love science fiction and I feel like science fiction is one of the most difficult genres to tackle because it's so complicated and depending on the type of science fiction, it can be so complex. Maybe I am just a glutton for punishment, and I just I wanted to create a science fiction esque novel with an original idea that is relatively about time, but isn't one of those time travel or time loop books or movies that have been done so many times before. I knew that if I failed, which was likely that I would fail, um, then I could just use it as a learning experience to become a better writer, which is what I just want to be. I want everything to make me become a better writer. That's why I do anything in this world. So that's why I wanted to create such a complex, complicated book to write. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tell us a little bit about, obviously, science fiction. This book really probably arguably is a little bit more urban fantasy than it is science fiction. I realize the two are very related, but we aren't talking about a lot of science happening here. We're talking about, like, this demonic creature that's kind of the arching. Don't want to spoil too much, but there's this arching creature that kind of guides everything in the book that you find out toward the end um, stuck in you say it's not a time loop. You're right in the in a sense, but in another sense, she is her life is looping, right? In a sense, like just she can't get out of existing and living and so on. Tell us a little bit how the concept or the idea for this book came about. Like, what were the influences for you putting this book together? Like I said before, I love time travel and time loop concepts. Um, I love them in general. And it's very complicated to put together, I suppose. Really what inspired this was creating something that is a time loop concept, but isn't in the same way, if that makes sense. Because time loops have been created and they're in TV shows that aren't even about time. They just, the creators want to bring a time concept into it for an episode. And so... So many 
time loops before. I've read so many books about time loops. And so I wanted to create something different, something unique, something that hasn't been done before. And so in my book, the character is looping, but isn't looping a day the way that most people consider time loops. Rather, she's basically killed in some way in her life, and she is reborn in another body, another person. So I just wanted to create something that I don't think has been done before. I might be wrong, but I've never heard of it, I guess. And it's also vaguely inspired by Buddhism, (laughs) very vaguely. The concept of rebirth, of life coming in again and again and again, resetting, hence the title, Reset. Well, I was curious to know what made you pick the specific time period that you did. Um, you chose to start with the suffragettes and then go through all the way through like World War II and through the 60s and then like 90s and focus on various current events that were going on. And you kind of could have picked a focus of you know anything that was going on in the 20s but you specifically picked a suffragette and then in the 60s you specifically um picked an african-american man and what his experience may have been like at that time as a young man originally i didn't know much of what i would do yet in this book i knew the vague concept and coming into writing the rest of the novel, I had already written about 30 pages of it as a type of preview. Um, But I originally had started, I believe, in the 30s rather than the 20s, or um, I believe the first character is killed off in 1919. I originally started in the 30s, but I still wanted that suffragette type of feel in that first life because I do consider myself a feminist. And so I kind of wanted to put that into the character. And so I shifted that timeline back a couple years so that she could um, historically have been a suffragette fighting for women's suffrage. And then I added in that middle life that you were talking about of the African-American man so that I could add some some different people and different experiences in this book so that we can go through not just as a relatively privileged white person throughout these lives, but rather as an African-American man who has to go through the civil rights movement and the 50s with heavy segregation in Georgia. And so I wanted that in there as well to provide more of a grounding experience for this book because these things, I don't think these types of things should be ignored if you go into a book with the amount of history that this book should present wherein it starts in the 1900s and it goes all the way through to the 90s. And I think that you can't go through that without talking about the civil rights movement 
because that's such a big part of history. The 90s doesn't have that much history to it because it recently happened. So it's, it's not like the 1900s, early 1900s. It's the 1990s. So many people have lived throughout the 90s. Um, so there aren't many historical movements at that time. And so I, I could kind of play with technology a little bit because that's kind of just blossoming. And so I could have the character use microfiche, which was a thing during that time and much time before it. But I could also have her look at the computer and say, that is a computer that people are currently using and it's readily available for people to use because it's the 90s. Um, so that kind of followed the technological advancement, which fascinates me as well. So I think one of the biggest challenges when in, so I worked with Caitlin a little bit in developing this book and one of the biggest challenges in the rewriting process was making sure that historically stuff was happening, um, the way, when it was supposed to be happening. Um, and uh, just making sure all our I's were dotted and our proverbial T's were crossed in it, that we were kind of working and uh, making sure that historically stuff was happening and what was being said was historically accurate. Um, and it was like, it was, it was almost like uh, the rewriting process is almost as challenging, I think, as the actual writing. And I could be wrong about it. I'm speaking for you, Caitlin, a little bit, but I know that we put a lot of time into the rewrite. But. Yeah, I was wondering about how challenging that would have been for you to like figure out, you know, what even would have been realistic dialogue because, you know, you are 17. So it's rather <laughs> they're ambitious. And even people who are writing historical novels, you know, sometimes have modern slang and I'm reading it going, oh, oh no, oh. That, that's <laughs> not that's not what they would have said. Um, sort of sort of things or that's not that's not quite right. Um, so I was I was wondering how challenging that was for you because I did notice some um, lesser known facts um, coming through the novel. Yes. That was very interesting. It was very difficult for me because I am not a huge fan of history. I like history, but I never liked history classes in school. So that's because they're boring American history. (laughs) <laughs> that is very true i have a huge problem with all of that, that see for if, time. if you if you go do european history ancient asia history like if you want good fun history come talk to me anytime i will give you all the history if you are really truly ancient we're not talking like pesky egyptian pharaohs i mean come on that's just boring we've done that a million times i'm talking about pre prehistory like that kind of stuff yeah. Anyways, rabbit trail, ancient civilizations, love those. Uh, I do too. That is the best history. It's my favorite history. (laughs) See, see, she she knows. Um, But go back to talking a little bit about the language and like the mannerisms and words, because these were things that you did have to deal with. And I remember, so we had a a lady that is a kind of a doctorate, uh, has a doctorate in the English and linguistics, look over it and, uh, she was kind of instrumental in like pulling out, wait, you don't use the F-bomb quite yet. You know, those sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk um, a little? Um, sure. Yeah. So that was um, a little bit hard 
heartbreaking, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word, but to see my writing torn apart like that, <laughs> because it really was torn apart <laughs> in the best ways possible. It was right. very right. good. Um, you took it well. You took it well. <laughs> yes. Maybe you yes, cried in a ball at home, but you took it well when we were talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was so torn apart by um, Dr. Lindstrom because a lot of what I was using was, I guess, playing now or I would use it or read it in a book currently. And so I had to, or she had to, uh, look back and see if those words would be accurate during that time period. And a lot of the times they weren't. So I had to delete them or change them, replace them with something else. And that's why the editing and re-editing process was so long and grueling because it, I changed so much of it and I added so much and replaced so many words to make them more realistic to the time period. But it was a little bit um, sad to see my work so <laughs> crossed out and um, written. So, so did you become familiar with etymology.com where it gives you all the history of the words and like the frequency of when the words would have been <laughs> used and when it like sprung up out of the ether into like common language and language <laughs> drift over bit. time? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I liked it that you had somebody, a language um, specialist, kind of, you know, suggest where to, where to take some of the dialogue in the book. It'll, it'll, it'll feel more authentic. I mean, I'm watching, this has nothing to do with sci fi, but I'm watching uh, Yellowstone's um, um, the sequels. They're not even bothering to try to make the language authentic. I'm hearing. You said f bombs. I'm hearing lots of f bombs on, on, on that show, and I'm just like, I'm not sure the f the f bomb was in vogue in 1883, but um, but they're talking like that way we, we talk now. So I'm glad that you know your book will have. I'm looking forward to reading your book, by the way, and, and seeing you know, the historical authenticity. And you and you chose to end it kind of not well. I mean, obviously, it, when she's older, but you chose to end it in. Was it 2009? I think it was when the one kind of like started moving forward. Am I remembering correctly? It was like 2006, um, 2009? Yes. The last life takes place in the 2000s. And then she goes on in that kind of early 2000s era is when her story, I suppose, really takes off. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering. I was like, "Huh?" She ended it, you know, at a in a previous generation from her own. I would have expected you to write one more and end it with yours. Was there like, was it a? I'm running out of time, and the it's like the end <laughs> of semester. Gotta gotta finish this up, or was that like more of an intentional decision? Well, it was more of not really running out of time, but running out of plot, I guess, because. Okay. It, it it didn't the timelines didn't line up with my kind of era of twenty twenty was is really when I am a teenager. Um and so it just the timelines didn't really line up with that. And so 
I know enough about the early 2000s to write the early 2000s without that much research. And I have a little bit of Easter eggs, I guess if you would call them that, that I'm a little bit proud of, where I mentioned someone skinny jeans, for example, because that was a fashionable thing in the early 2000s. And so Dave, Dave looked good in skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> he so would look K- great Caitlin, in them right now. Caitlin, Caitlin, do not picture it. <laughs> no, you'll never sleep again. <laughs> never ever. No. no one wants to see that. No one. Yeah. My wife doesn't want to see that. No one wants to see that. <laughs> Mistakes were made. My yeah. generation apologizes. Yes, thank good there were no cell phones back then. <sighs> but uh, mm. yeah. I mean, there uh, were. They just didn't take pictures. Uh, true. When? Two thousands. Like, yeah. No, they definitely had cell phones in two thousands. Yeah, they were the big car. Yeah, no, I got my first one like two thousand two, and it was a brick, a massive and it brick. Was, it was a Nokia, <laughs> and it would survive the apocalypse. You're not right. wrong about that either. Right. I could play Snake. Yeah. Tell us a little bit um, about the cover for the book. It's kind of an interesting concept. How'd that come about? Who did your cover? Tell us a little bit about it. I didn't do much for the cover. I didn't even come up with the concept of it. Um, one of my very good friends, Miranda Martin, actually um, came up with both the concept and the artistic, the art of it. She created both of those things. She came up with um, what the cover looks like. And we actually sat down together and she sketched many possible concepts for my cover. And I chose the sketch that I would like and that I think would look good for my book. And then she fleshed out, um, she fleshed out the rest of it and made it cleaner and beautiful, I think. I'm very proud of her. She's great. How can ancient readers acquire a copy of Reset? The book is currently available on lulu.com um, as a paperback and an ebook. Um, it is also available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble online, or not the actual in-person Barnes and Noble store, um, just as a paperback. But I am currently working to get an ebook copy into Amazon relatively soon. Um, so maybe the by the time this. By the time this episode's up, we might have it there. Yes, I hope yeah, so. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, cool. And we'll drop we'll drop links to all of that in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, uh, go to the Safi Diner podcast or Safi Diner podcast and look in the show notes. The links will be there for it. And if you're watching this on YouTube, click the link below. Yeah, it'll be there in the in the description. The What's so funny, so, Jen? <laughs> Nothing, nothing. Just, I will not be saying that (laughs) out of of principle more than anything else. Uh, Very good. I'll take it on myself. Don't worry. You finished your first novel, quite a feat. What's the future hold for Caitlin? I do want to continue writing, of course. I realize that I probably won't be able to do so as a career because I would not make very much money doing that. Um. So instead, I'm going to become a teacher. It also does not make a lot of money, but that's okay. <laughs> it's more stable. Um, 
but I do want to continue writing on the side. And I have a couple projects that I would like to start that I'm thinking of. It's a little bit difficult to explain. I might write a novel as a joke for my math teacher because <laughs> we have a little bit of an inside joke. I wrote a short story for him as a going away present. And I mentioned that it would be better as a novel. And so now he wants me to write him a novel. So I might do that. Awesome. Well, Caitlin, yeah, it was great having you on. If you're interested in Caitlin's book, it will be available in the links, as we said earlier. And good luck as you continue your writing journey. And we're excited to see what comes down the pike in the future for you as a writer. And uh, it was awesome having you on tonight. Thank you. It was great being here. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed our interview with Caitlin. And as you can tell, she's young, a little bit nervous, but she did a great job just talking to her book a little bit. She did. And for and for a first novel, it's quite an endeavor. All right. Well, I think we should uh, take it out of the show before I run out of time. So go ahead, Miles. All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see you. Leave your tips on the table. And go boldly. Yes. Into space. Into space, <laughs> which is where Dave's at right now. Yeah. <laughs>